Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor Johnny here. And I want to share a message with you that I had the opportunity to preach at Crossroads United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. This was at their traditional service. And the message is Break Me from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. God bless. Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. And Dr. Martin Luther King said, uh, unfortunately, most of the major denominations still practice segregation in local churches, hospitals, schools, and other church institutions. It is appalling that our most segregated hour in Christian America is 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, the same hour where many are standing to sing, in Christ, there is no East or West. For those who may not know, my name is Johnny Simpson. I serve as the senior pastor of Faith United Methodist Church in Dickinson, Texas, um, married to Reverend Natalia Simpson, who is associate pastor. Layla Simpson, and I am honored to uh, stand behind this sacred desk uh, I did do a quarterback sneak. Uh, I started preparing for the message and I was given one of two and one just spoke to me mid-prep. So uh, turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and I'll be reading the 23rd through the 24th verse. Again, that is 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 23 and 24. Hear ye the word of the Lord. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Pray with me, church. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for waking us up this morning, starting us on our food on our tables, clothes on our backs, roofs over our heads, and being in our right minds, Lord God. We thank you for the opportunity to gather once again in your name and hear what you have to say to us. Lord God, hide me behind your cross. Let every word that I speak, every thought that I think be acceptable in your sight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. For the time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about break me. Break me. Break is such a striking word. We, we use it for so many different situations. When we want to stop working for a bit, we take a break. Uh, when a relationship comes to an end badly or we are disappointed, we experience heartbreak. You break boards for a martial arts test. Uh, 
When someone is having a conversation on a cell phone and you cannot hear them, you say what? You're breaking up. Breaking bones happen when people are injured. In football huddles, after they've called the play and they walk up to the line of scrimmage, they clap and say, break. The sun rises at the break of day. Something can slow down your fall, so it breaks your fall. Break bread to stop and dine together. Break camp to pack up and leave. You can break the law. You can break barriers. You can break. Whenever the word break is used, there is an interruption, a pause. Something different is happening. All the synonyms for the word lead to the same understanding. Crack, gap, hole, breach, cleft, discontinuities, rupture, schism, split, tear, and so on and so on. Whether good or bad, when something breaks, it is changed. Paul was trying to change some things in his letter to the church at Corinth, written about 53 or 54 AD, and the church had some issues, and Paul was trying to address them in his letter. And one issue that Paul addressed that the church was dividing itself up into different groups. And that they would go eat communion at their own time. Uh, those who had means were able to get to the church first and have their meal, and those who were still working got to the church later and sometimes had nothing left to eat. Paul was not happy about this. Uh, he said in verses 17 through 22, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together, not for better, but for the worse. First of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are proved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. Paul was clearly not happy about the division in the church and how they are treating each other. In my mind's eye, I can imagine the handwriting getting more sloppier and bolder as he's writing these words in this letter. They had separated themselves. They had broken up for the wrong reason. It's not hard to imagine. We have, uh, don't look anything like the neighborhood they reside in. They may only interact with that neighborhood for mission work and mission projects. We break from others. Uh, not only where we live, but where we eat out, pre-pandemic, of course, uh, uh, but where we go and where we socialize, even where we worship. Paul did not like for the church members to think that they were better than one another and separating because they are different. Paul said when they separated, it was not for the better, but for the worse. 
And Paul said, if you're not going to have communion together, you might as well just eat at your own houses. If you're not going to take care of that special meal together. It sounds strange to read something in the Bible close to 2,000 years ago, but then I look at some of our churches and Dr. Martin Luther King said, uh, unfortunately, most of the major denominations still practice segregation in local churches, hospitals, schools, and other church institutions. It is appalling that our most segregated hour in Christian America is 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, the same hour where many are standing to sing in Christ there is no east or west. The break in the, Christ, uh, the Corinthian church, rather, probably could have developed because of culturally ingrained practices that have wormed their way into the faith community. For example, those who are accustomed to but others who, like them, had plenty of resources, continued to do so assembled as a church. In other words, the church members had allowed their socioeconomic differences to transform the Lord's meal into just another common everyday meal in which they taken for granted. And by taking for granted these things, they set up boundaries and excluded other believers. Sometimes we confuse being unified with being the, shame, the same. Uh, we all have differences, and they should not be ignored. My lived experience is just as real as everyone else's lived experience here. And I don't want you to ignore my differences, because to ignore my differences would be to say that my experience is not real. I want you to see them. I want you to acknowledge them. I want you to respect them and definitely not exclude them. Paul tells the church that they are trying to exclude others and what they are trying to exclude others from, rather, is not actually theirs to exclude. The church got it from Paul and Paul got it from Christ. Paul is saying that we need to break our routines because Christ broke himself for us. What the Savior did is he gathered all the disciples together for a communal meal, knowing that he was going to be betrayed. All gathered together in this room to have this common meal together. All were at the table. None were excluded. This is one of the earliest recordings of communion in Scripture. Everyone together on one accord. And he took the bread and he broke the bread. Jesus was giving them a visual example of what he was going to do and told them to practice it, use it to experience Christ all over again once he went away. A theologian by the name of Bob Stamp said that a sacrament is God coming to help us by means of a created thing. Faith needs something to touch. Faith needs something to do. And so he gave them something sacred to touch and to do to remind them of Christ. 
Uh, the Christian experience was never meant to be a solitary one with everyone just wanting to work on their own spiritual development and their own spiritual relationship with away from everyone else in our own little cubicles on the job where we can't see or touch anyone next to us. It's meant to be a communal experience. The writer of Hebrews said, let us not consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The older translations say to fail not to assemble yourselves. We have to gather together. To quote uh, one of our seminary New Testament professors, Dr. Jamie Clark Souls, you cannot be a Christian outside of community. I tell my church all the time uh, that you are somebody's definition of a Christian. When they think about what is a Christian, they don't think about uh, the Bible or a church. They think about the people that they know that are Christians. I tell the church all the time that sometimes you are the only Bible some people may ever read. You are the only sermon some people may ever hear. Sermon, scripture, are you preaching to them? Uh, you cannot be a, a, a Christian outside of community. Scripture tells us over and over again that this lived experience, this belief, experience of Jesus Christ is supposed to be practiced with others. Uh, James 1, 25 through 26 tells us that pure religion, pure and undefiled religion is to take care of the widows and the orphans. Over and over again in the New Testament and the Old Testament, the Bible tells us to take care of the strangers. Even Jesus, when he was asked what was the greatest commandment in Matthew 22, he said to love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And the second is like this, to love your neighbor as yourself. They asked him what the greatest commandment was, and he gave them two, love God and love people. That is what he said. He broke the bread and told them that this was to be done in remembrance of them. That's what he did, but what he said is he told them that just like this bread that they were sharing together was broken. Jesus was going to be broken like that for them, for all of them, not just a few, not the ones from the same neighborhood or who speak the same language or have the same level of income or have the same education. Jesus was going to break himself for all the people. Jesus gave himself for all. And all means all. Jesus came with a body, to a body, for a body, and broke that body to save everybody. Jesus said that he gave himself up for us. Some translations say that he gave himself on our behalf. We need something to touch sometimes to experience God, and Jesus had to decide come together and gave them a cup and bread to break to give them a visual, tangible reminder that the disciples could have back then and that the disciples today practice to remind them of what Jesus did for them. Jesus broke himself for us. 
And we need to break ourselves from the usual understanding in life of what we need or what we want. We need to break ourselves from what makes us comfortable. We need to break ourselves from thinking that we may be better than anyone else. We need to allow ourselves to be broken, and we need to allow ourselves to be willing to come together. That's the idea of the church. It isn't solitary, where Christians are segregated off in their own cubicles. It's a fellowship of followers of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote this letter almost 2,000 years ago, and just as Jesus broke the bread and his body was broken, we, are the, as the body of Christ, believe there is something he wants to break in us to create a crack, a gap, a hole, a discontinuity, a rupture, a schism, a split, a tear, and so on and so on in us that we may be one for Christ in the transformation of the world. Communion, the common meal of the church, reminds us of this importance to our own spiritual experience, of the community's experience of faith. And in that sense, what we do when we come together is we eat out, but we eat in. We get spiritual sustenance from the company of others, and we need to break our habits of isolating because Jesus broke some things when he did the work on the cross. He broke some things when he did the work at Calvary. He broke some things when he did the work in the borrowed tomb. He broke some things when he rose from the grave, and the reason we wait for him is because he's coming back again, and he broke some things. Jesus broke us. Broke us from the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin. Jesus broke us from the bondage of death, hell, and the grave. Jesus broke the barrier separating us from eternal life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media. Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.